Welcome to the SLP Stress Management Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Andrix, and I am so pumped for today's episode. So today I am here with Devin Rosillo from Unleashed Innovation. And Devin is an innovation and mindset coach, as well as an SLP. So welcome, Devin. Thank you so much, Jesse. It's so nice to be here. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad that you were able to be here. And I'm really excited to talk about all that you are doing and to share some of your experience as an SLP, but also as a coach and some of the things that you do as a coach and with your clients, um, with the audience here and with these SLPs that, you know, are, are feeling stressed out and are looking for ways to just enjoy life more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, I mean, I know that we, we have very similar experiences as um, SLPs and, and both of us getting into coaching. So I'd love to share a little bit more of your, um, kind of your background with everyone and your experience as an SLP dealing with stress and what led you to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I'd be happy to share. Um, so yeah, so I started uh, my SLP career in 2016. I started in SNFs, uh, and over time, I, I just gradually started to learn more and more that I was totally burnt out, that I was totally stressed. I mean, I I literally had medical issues because of the stress in the beginning of my career. Um, mm-hmm. I had to have my heart checked out, so <laughs> like I, you could tell, I was definitely going through the stress of the job, and. Um, about three and a half years into the career, I realized that I was just so um, unhappy. I was really, really struggling because no matter what I was doing, and I did a lot of self-care because I discovered personal development during that time, um, I was doing a lot of self-care and it really just wasn't cutting it for me. And the reason it wasn't cutting it for me was just because SLP world was not for me. Um, and I, it took me a long time to learn that. And um, it took me getting to rock bottom to really learn that. So I finally realized last year in November um, in 2019 that that I wasn't able to use like the creative side of myself like I like I really wanted to express. Mm-hmm. And um, so it took me getting to rock bottom, like I said, and and I really I, I drove up to this is funny. Well, not funny. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I drove up to work one day um, last November and I just started bawling in the parking lot and it was a really crazy experience because I just cried for an hour um, and I looked at the building. Every time I looked at the building, I thought about going in and I just kept breaking down more and more. So I turned around and drove the hour home in the rain and I gave my notice two days later. <laughs> wow. so it was a really, really strong experience for me because that was the point where I really realized that I just wasn't living my fullest potential. And while, um, while other people may be burned out, um, it could be for different reasons, but for me, it was definitely because I wasn't using my creativity as much as I could. Um, and so I decided to slowly start phasing out speech and I became a coach um, because that is something that I was doing for the past two years, but I never turned it into a business. I had I had coached people since I started 
working on personal development. And it was something that I never turned into a business. So when I quit my speech job with really no backup plans, um, I decided to start a coaching business. And I'm really, really happy that I did that because it really lights me up. And I can definitely say that that's my passion. Yeah. And you can tell like from, um, from talking with you and then from like your Instagram account and all of these things, which if anyone is not already following Devin, go to um, Devin underscore unleashed innovation. And like you do so many things for people and are so passionate and helping. And it's just really amazing. Um, and it is a different kind of creativity. I know that you, you know, you've mentioned that a few times. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of SLPs find that they get to be really creative mm -hmm. and creating crafts and things yeah. and working with, for me, that is not, um, fun. <laughs> and like, for me personally, like that is incredibly draining and stressful. Yeah. And one of the reasons why, when I ended up working in the schools, I felt even less connected to what I was doing. Cause mm -hmm. I was just like, that's not who I am. Right. And similar to you, it was like that I wanted to be creative and mm -hmm. do other things, but my way of being creative was through movement and through writing and, mm -hmm. um, you know, just, just like a totally different thing that at the time I didn't feel like I could do. So I totally, I get that. And I, I yeah. think that that is really common kind of feeling lost in, mm -hmm. in what we're doing and, and in the, the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I just, I love that our stories are very, very similar. It was like, I started out in skilled nursing facility, worked an hour away. Mm -hmm. All these things really led to, to burnout. What made you really clear? Like, was there a, or was there even something that made it really clear to you? Like, it's not the job. Mm -hmm. It's not the right career for me. Right. Um, I think it's something a lot of people struggle with trying yeah. to figure out. Yeah, definitely. So I had actually, um, throughout the four, like three and a half, four years of practicing before I transitioned to coaching, um, I was in skilled nursing, then I switched to, uh, PRN full time and was in skilled nursing and home health and home health was a mix of pediatrics and geriatrics. And then I also went straight to pediatrics and an outpatient, um, clinic. And so I realized through, in all of those settings that I wasn't happy. And so that was a big indicator where I had, where I thought I had really tried um, all the different settings and all the different populations. When I realized that I wasn't happy in any of them, that was a, that was a big indicator for me that, that maybe this just isn't right for me. And maybe there's something else that's going to help me live my fullest potential and that, and that different level of creativity that I really needed to express. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I think that's really helpful. There are so many, um, SLPs that are like trying to figure out this, mm -hmm. you know, is this just the job I'm at now and just mm -hmm. the amount of stress I'm feeling, or is this just not the right, like, do I need to make a career leap and figure out yeah. how to do that? Mm -hmm. Um, I know for me, that was what happened and um, I decided it was the wrong career. And then a few mm -hmm. years later, I realized like I was still really interested in it. So mm -hmm. maybe I could just find another way to be in it mm -hmm. um, and be involved and 
it morphed into like this type of right. thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, and 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 figuring that out though is really really hard. So mm-hmm. I love that you you just you tried a few things and worked through coaching at the time with it, and no matter mm-hmm. what, you still kind of had that that same feeling. Yeah. Um, I think that's really helpful. Yeah. So now, now you are in the coaching world, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what you do or how that's like helped you and others kind of work through some of this stress. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I started coaching uh, last year, I like officially my own coaching business, um, I started with coaching SLPs. Um, both SLPs who wanted to up-level their career and find themselves in a um, new or more challenging SLP environment, and um, SLPs who wanted to transition out of the field completely. And so part of my job then was to really help them become more clear on what they wanted and to invite some personal development into their lives. That's that's Mm -hmm. really a very... Um, an area that I'm really passionate about is personal development because it totally changed my life. Um, and so I would introduce those aspects of personal development into their lives to help them manage the stress and to help them find something that's more, um, exciting to them or to at least find a hobby or a passion that they can pursue, um, whether it's a side gig or it becomes a career, et cetera. Um, and so I was working with SLPs on that for a while. And then I think, you know, when COVID hit in March, I realized that I had skills that were applicable to, um, other people as well. And so what I do now, um, the way my ideal client has shifted is I now work with, they may be SLPs, they may be medical professionals, um, or people even in the corporate world who are feeling limited in their uh, creativity by their career. And so what I do now is I help them figure out exactly what's going to help them be and um, express their creativity more, kind of how to unleash their creativity and how to create a self-empowered mindset so that they really believe in themselves um, and are not limited by their own limiting beliefs while they pursue a career in entrepreneurship. Oh, that's amazing. It's really cool. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is super. Oh, I just, I love it too. And I love that it's, you know, you've worked with SLPs, but other helping professionals and then just other professionals in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what you say about like, you know, feeling empowered, unleashing your own creativity, your mm-hmm. own, um, you know, kind of becoming an entrepreneur and, and going for it. Um, you know, it does speak to what you mentioned before with that lack of creativity mm-hmm. or, or feeling like there's no way to be it because, you know, sometimes it is like physically doing something creative and building something with the students or the patients, mm-hmm. but then sometimes it is building a business and yeah. building, you know, being creative about your lifestyle. And right. when that's, I mean, when that's something that you can't do, it's really stressful and it really weighs on you mm-hmm. and starts to for me it started to snowball into everything else where yeah, me too you know like just mm-hmm. yeah like life work was hard and then it was still on my mind when I left and yeah. it wasn't yeah it was just like everything started to be affected by it so the ultimate carryover <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's like this is 
not the carryover I was working for. <laughs> yeah, I know. And for, for me, it was when things started to affect my personal life right. and my health that I was like, oh, okay, this is like not just uh, my job is not fun anymore. This is like so much more. Yeah. So it's amazing that you do reach out to so many people. Mm-hmm. So when you were working with um, SLPs and now with others and working on up-leveling mm-hmm. what what they were doing or trying to transition, what were some of the key things that you would, um, and even now with everyone you're working with, some of the mm-hmm. key things that you would find yourself suggesting or find yourself coaching them through like tools that they could use? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Two of the biggest things that I focus on in my coaching are developing Um, Mm self-awareness because we will find, so many of us will find that we avoid the things that make us (laughs) Um, (laughs) self-aware. And the reason for that is because we don't want to face the demons. Like it's much easier for us to sit on a couch and scroll on our phone than to sit on the couch and um, ask ourselves, you know, in our journal, a really, really painful question, or even just a really empowering question in and of itself. Um, and so, yeah, that's the biggest thing. And the first thing that I always work on with my clients is developing their self-awareness, because we need to be aware of the negative or unhelpful, unhelpful habits or the unhelpful thoughts that we have um, for ourselves in order to change them. Yeah, like the first step is figuring out what's limiting you. Yes. Yes. I love that. And so the other thing that I work on a lot is the um, limiting beliefs that we have. So limiting beliefs essentially are the thoughts that we tell ourselves regularly that can limit us or hold us back from growing. Um, They typically are deep rooted beliefs that we hold about ourselves in our life that uh, typically are incorrect or just unhelpful and don't serve us. So a lot of the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves will actually come from someone else, which is kind of crazy. Like um, if you have a parent who's always said, um, you'll never make money. Or if you had a teacher that said, or a coach that said, you'll never be good enough to get to this level. Those are limiting, those are beliefs that they pass on to us and they get in our way really a lot. It's incredible how much they'll get in our way. And so that's something I really like to tackle in the beginning of coaching as well, because we really want to release those beliefs so that they stop holding us back and so that we can flourish and thrive through whatever our journey is. Yes. that And it's so true. I was just actually thinking about this like last night. I was having a discussion with my husband about like limiting beliefs and things that I was feeling come up and mm-hmm. things that I was like kind of hearing myself say or, or just, you know, thinking and mm-hmm. knowing that thinking that and feeling that was holding me back, mm-hmm. even though, you know, and it was just one of those like they happen all the time for, yeah. for so many of us, yeah. even when you're, you know, think you've, you've worked through it or you're like, mm-hmm. Oh no, this is fine. It's good. And then sometimes they pop up. So it is, it is just yeah. incredible work to really dig into those. Yeah. And then I love the awareness part because it really is, like you said, it's the first step, like you mm-hmm. becoming aware helps you move towards everything else. And right. if you're not aware, you don't even know what to 
to do about anything or, right. or what's going on. And we, we do tend to, um, to check out and, yeah. you know, scroll through Facebook or scroll through social mm -hmm. media or like, you know, binge on Netflix mm -hmm. to like, it's almost like ignoring the stress. Like yeah. if you just pretend and do something else, it's not there, it's not there, but then it's just like building in the background. Right. Yeah. So um, what are some things that you find are really helpful to begin to find this awareness? Like obviously mm -hmm. stopping scrolling through mindlessly through Facebook, mm -hmm. um, Instagram, you know, trying not to, to sit there and just binge on, on whatever it might be. Right. Um, but what are some like tools or steps that people could take to bring more of that in? Yeah. So that's a great question. So, um, one of the first things I'll have people do is, um, start a journaling practice. And I have a very, very specific, um, journaling practice that I use that I don't actually like calling it journaling, but it's the easiest word <laughs> because I think there's a common misconception about journaling that you take out a journal and just dump all your negative thoughts onto the page. Mm -hmm. Um, but my process is not meant to be that it's actually meant to be a, a place that you go to empower yourself. Uh, and so I, the way I kind of frame it is it's an, it's a intentional writing process really. Um, nice. so when you open your journal, there's the things you're writing about should always be intentional and they should always be empowering. So, but one of the first questions, one, one of the prompts that I put in my journaling, um, is called a self-empowerment awareness or self <clears throat> a self-awareness empowerment question. And that's really the section where you ask yourself a hard question. So the very first question that I like to start people with is, um, what do I need to stop doing and what do I need to start doing? Because that's, that brings your awareness to the negative unhelpful things that you do throughout the day. So you can literally, when you say, um, what do I need to stop doing? You can literally recount everything in your day that you did and then check off everything that was unhelpful. And that gives you your, that helps you identify what's a negative habit, right? And so while that might feel kind of crappy, just identifying all those negative habits, that's why you write, what do I need to start doing? Or what do I get to start doing? And that's where you can reverse the negative things and identify new success habits or helpful habits that will help you succeed and change in a way that you want to. Um, so I always start people off with that question. And then the questions that, I, that come from there can be a deep dive on um, behaviors or how you're feeling or a reflection of your day or um, what you, a, a really good question that I like to ask, but this is, um, kind of a more advanced one that sometimes people aren't ready to answer, but that's okay, um, is when I release my non-helpful thoughts and circumstances and I embrace and honor my non-negotiables, what is possible for me? And so the reason that's kind of advanced is just because we have to identify what our non-negotiables are first. And our non-negotiables are things that we just, from this point on, won't tolerate in our life anymore because we know we, we need to adapt better things. Yeah, that and that's so hard. That yeah. is a really good question. <laughs> and a really, really, I mean, that um, that is really hard. Yeah. Because when you're trying to, 
you know, decide like, okay, this is it. There's a lot of things that you can come up against Mm -hmm. or feel like are going to come up and talk yourself out of it before you even begin to do it. Yes. And the most common thing we'll see when we start a journaling practice, and even when we, you know, are are used to a journaling practice is resistance. So, and resistance comes in so many forms. It comes in um, procrastination. It comes in um, making excuses as to why you don't have to do it today, things like that. And so there's often a, you know, a process of resistance that comes when you start a journaling practice, or even just when you start personal, uh, personal development and self-awareness practices, because we don't want to face the hard things, but the hard things and facing those things is ultimately what makes us grow. Yes. Um, that's so true. I have a couple things that just kind of popped up with that. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess one is that, you know, this is like kind of the ultimate form of self care really, mm-hmm. because you're, you're, you're taking care of your needs. Yeah. Um, but it's not the like kind of fluffy, warm, fuzzy, mm-hmm. cozy self care. It's like, like you just said, it's, it could be really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so, but it's so important, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I, yeah, I, I love that. Cause I do think a lot of times when we think of self care, um, we end up thinking that it's, yeah, which are like, those are really great things. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like, Oh, never go do that. Like, maybe not right now, like with everything going on, but yeah, like it's beyond like taking a bubble bath or, you know, kind of those, like it's, it's deep, deep work that can be uncomfortable. Um, so with that, because no one likes to feel uncomfortable, but it is important to feel Mm -hmm. that because that's where you, like you said, that's where you grow from. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and where the changes you need come from. Um, but that resistance, when it shows up as, you know, like excuses or like, oh, well, I don't have to do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. Like, I, you know, it's just not going to happen right now in my life. Or that procrastination that you mentioned, mm-hmm. especially. Um, do you ever find that people... Um, like a lot of people really like that they procrastinate, mm-hmm. you know, like it's kind of like a badge, like, mm-hmm. well, I just wait till the end. And then I, that's when I work the best. And when mm-hmm. I work, you know, and, and get the most done and really, you know, make mm-hmm. things happen. Um, how do you work with that with mm-hmm. resistance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So there's actually a, a, a really deep-rooted reason through uh, why people procrastinate, which is really interesting. And you'll find that a lot of perfectionists are people who procrastinate. And the reason for that, and and I might butcher this a little bit, but I'm going to try my hardest, is because if we procrastinate and we do it at the last minute, we can't possibly have given our fullest effort. And so if we receive a bad grade, let's say for a student, if we receive a bad grade um, on that test or that essay that we submitted at the very last minute, then we can rationalize, oh, well, I didn't put my all into it, so it's okay. And so that's procrastinating is a way of facing, if it's not perfect, it's okay because I didn't put all my, my all into it, instead of actually taking your full time and maybe getting a bad grade anyway, then mm-hmm. we have only ourselves to blame. And then it hurts. 
Yes, that makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that is super important for uh, for SLPs that are listening yeah. because perfectionism is a huge um, like issue, issue in the yeah. field. I think a lot of times perfectionism at first is seen as like this really great thing, like strive to be perfect, do the best. Mm -hmm. But a lot of um, like when I went to ASHA in 2018, mm -hmm. um, a lot of the schools that were there presenting like posters, there were a lot that were looking at competitiveness and perfectionism and the mm -hmm. amount of stress that their students were under mm -hmm. that they didn't realize. And like the pressure, they didn't realize they were putting on the students mm -hmm. until they started to have students like having to drop out, having breakdowns, like mm -hmm. coming into their offices, just sobbing, like you were, you know, bawling in your car. Um, and like, we don't want anyone to ever do no matter like, if that is told that that is what we should do for stress management, it's not. Yeah. Um, and so the thing that they realized was that like, it's that competitiveness to be perfect and to do yeah. the best, be the best and get the best spot and get the best grades. And that that was actually um, what they were kind of telling everyone to do. And then it was totally mm -hmm. backfiring and mm -hmm. like the students would do it, but then they couldn't live, you know, they couldn't just yes. be human outside of, of that. Yeah. So I think that is very, a really good thing to think about. And then mm -hmm. it makes sense that procrastination. I mean, I totally did that. I'm yeah. was definitely procrastinator all through. Um, but it does make sense because then you can blame it on, well, there's no way I could have gotten an A on this or mm -hmm. gotten a hundred percent because I didn't have the time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had to throw it together exactly. and, so there's no way, but yeah, when you do put a lot of effort and you start and you give yourself the space and time and then it still doesn't get what you want, then you really do have to feel it. Yeah. And there's and actually, hard. I have a great, um, resource, um, because I know a lot of SLPs, um, are perfectionists. So there's a great resource. Um, <laughs> I listened to a podcast called Manifestation Babe, and I think it's episode 129. She has a guest on, um, named Sam Laura Brown, and it talks all about perfectionism and procrastination. So that's a great resource for your guests or, um, your listeners. Yeah, I'll put that in the notes. Yeah. Sam Laura Brown also has a podcast herself, which is called the Perfection, uh, Perfectionism Project. And she's really, really insightful. I think that could be very beneficial for some people. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for those. Yeah, I do. Like, those are such big things that just lead to more stress and then lead you to questioning, yeah. like, is this me? Is this the career? Is this the job? And then mm -hmm. it, it all kind of keeps circling around mm -hmm. and around. Yeah. Um, well, and awesome. And mm -hmm. Yeah, the journaling that, that leads you through those questions, yeah. um, I just like those are so powerful, those questions and, and getting to answer them rather than just kind of keeping a daily diary. Yes, yeah. Yeah, because I think, I think that, um, and this is just my personal belief, but dumping all your thoughts, that's great because we do need to release some things, but I mm -hmm. always want my, my, my journaling prompts to be focused on the, okay, and what now? How do I grow now? And I think that's also a good way to get past the resistance to answer your earlier question. Um, when you're feeling resistance, a solid way to address that is to simply ask yourself and you can write it down or you can just say it in your head, what's going to make me better today? Mm. And the answer to that question is never sitting on the couch and scrolling. 
<laughs> True. <laughs> so it's kind it's kind of like a be, a begrudging answer where we say, okay, doing my journaling. <laughs> Or just doing one prompt, just doing the daily intention or just doing the gratitude, you know, always small, simple steps are totally fine and actually really, really smart um, when you're starting any new practice is to take small, simple steps because then we reduce the overwhelm and we actually increase the probability of building a new habit. Yes. Yes. That is so, I remember that was one of like the very first things that was kind of taught when I was going through, through, um, like coaching training was, Mm -hmm. you know, build small changes Mm -hmm. over the long haul rather than a huge change, you know, uh, to, to overhaul your life right away for this short amount of time. It's not, you know, you, you're, it's like new year's resolutions where you decide like, I'm quitting doing this and I'm going to completely change my life. And then for a week you do it and then it's too much. It's too hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's so true. And it's a lot of what, um, you know, I think it's like a lot of like the diet programs that are, which is, this is like a totally other topic, but a lot of like the 21 day programs or things Mm -hmm. where you are like completely like you can never have this again and you've got to have this and you've got to do these things where then you find like you're just doing it and then not doing it and then doing it and not doing it. But these small changes where you're really getting deep and questioning and mm-hmm. working through mm-hmm. create that lasting effect that over time you don't even realize you're doing it anymore. You're just living it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely. It's amazing. You have very lucky clients that get to do oh. this with you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, awesome. So um, with all of this, with journaling and with self-awareness um is there anything else that you really like to to you know teach or coach with your clients or kind of share like anything else that you find is kind of crucial for people to know or to work with or something that just helps in general yeah yeah absolutely um so i I mentioned earlier that something i really work on with my clients um, is limiting beliefs Uh, I think it's a deeper level work and more advanced level work, but I do think that it's really important for people to start acknowledging and recognizing what their limiting beliefs are. And so uh, I just kind of wanted to give your listeners a prompt to help them identify some of their beliefs so that they can start to work through them. And and I host um, a number of workshops to, to work through limiting beliefs and release them. It's actually called the Limiting Beliefs Release Workshop. <laughs> um, but nice. yeah, so, so I just wanted to kind of go through a really simple three-step process for you guys. Um, when I host the workshops, we get like really, really deep dive. But just for, you know, beginners of self-awareness or even like intermediate self-awareness and, and personal development peaks, um, there's a three-step process that I use um, for limit for identifying the limiting beliefs. So, the, like the first thing you have to do is become self-aware, of course, because the first step in changing yourself is um, is becoming self-aware, right? So, you can ask yourself the hard questions to start identifying these beliefs, like um, what holds me back in life, or what do I tell myself that probably holds me back from doing things that would benefit me. 
And that question, what do I tell myself that probably holds me back from doing things that would benefit me is a really good starting point. Or um, what do I tell myself on a regular basis in my head? That's another really um, revealing question too. So the three-step process that I use is to one, um, identify the belief. And this can literally be like a five-minute exercise that you start in your journaling practice. Um, I, Of course, it's, it's better when you take a little more time on it. But if you're really experiencing some resistance to it and you just want to kind of do the quick and dirty version, which is what I'm giving you, then you can take five minutes. Um, but step one is to identify the belief. Step two is to find evidence from your life, no matter when it was in your past, that supports the opposite of whatever that belief is. Right? So um, a common belief that I see is I don't know enough. So let's say we're working with that one. You would just say, you would identify at some point in your life, maybe you were giving a pre presentation at ASHA where you did know enough then. So you would write that down. You would write down evidence that does not support the belief. And then the step, third step is just reframing the belief and creating a limitless belief, um, which is to literally flip what you wrote in step one um, basically reflecting the exact opposite of the limiting belief and then writing because and the evidence to support the opposite. Um, and I think that's a really, really powerful exercise that you can just do yourself. Um, and of course, like I said, I walk people through it a lot more in depth, but um, it's the first time I did that exercise, I was like, well, shoot, there's a lot actually holding me back. And I feel a lot more empowered now that I've turned these into limitless beliefs. Yes, so that's helpful. <laughs> that is that's that is um, that is amazing, and I love that it's limiting to limitless. Like, mm -hmm. just flip it. Yeah, See I'm the a big fan of limitlessness. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, um, yeah, and I think those would be really, really helpful for getting everyone started finding those limitless beliefs. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, where else can we find more from you? Yeah, sure. So I spend more of my time on Facebook than on Instagram. Um, I'll kind of like pop into Instagram for a week and then like fall off for two weeks. <laughs> um, so I'm on, I'm on Facebook consistently though. So it's just my name, Devin Rosillo on Facebook. And then uh, you can always see information about my workshops or my upcoming masterminds that starts on July 7th um, on unleashedinnovation.com. And that is the mastermind, just so you guys know, is a, um, it's a 90 day program with six other SLPs slash to be entrepreneurs mm -hmm. who want to work on developing their personal development and self-awareness and growth mindset while also learning the business fundamentals to start your business if that's what you want to do. So um, I'm really excited for that. That starts July 7th and all the information is on my website. And I would say you can definitely reach me on Instagram too. But like I said, I'm not as consistent on there. So that's where you can find me. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing just all of these like really like useful tools, you know, and your experience with everything. And of course, sharing where SLPs can go to, to reach out and learn more and, and, get some of this personal development that turns into professional development and yeah. can really 
help them figure out where to go on their path next Mm -hmm. and how to unleash that creativity. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here, Devin. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me, Jesse. Yes, anytime. And um, I hope you all enjoyed it and go check out all of those resources that Devin has to offer. And um, thank you all for tuning in. Are you ready to truly manage your stress reduce burnout, and finally find more balance in your life? Well, the SLP Stress Management course is here to help you do just that. In this eight-week course, you'll take a deep dive into what stress is and why it affects SLPs so much, as well as learn practical stress management tools as you build a step-by-step system that works for your stress and your daily needs. You can check this out now at jessieandrix.com and I hope to see you in the course.